We often hear people wishing us a long, happy, and healthy life. But what if the length isn't what matters most? What if instead, it's the breath, depth, and purpose of each day that matters most? Welcome to the Live the Width of Your Life podcast. My name is Annette Ardellian Kuzma, and join me weekly as I interview guests who make changes in their own lives to live more fully with intention, gratitude, and joy. Be prepared to be inspired by their stories of how they shifted their mindset, took courageous action, and designed the life that they always wanted to live. Today's guest is Diana Sfera. Diana is a marketer and creative strategist who has worked nearly two decades with some of the top creative agencies in the industry, setting the vision behind strategic campaigns and initiatives for iconic beauty, lifestyle and luxury brands, as well as new brands making their way into the world. As a hybrid strategist and creative, her mission is to find a brand's soul and make it a tangible thing. Who are they? What's their purpose? And bring it all to life in a world driven by nonstop creative consumption. In an effort to live in her own purpose, Diana recently followed a dream and relocated to Paris one year ago, where she continues to service clients all over the world. Hi, Diana. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Anita. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Oh my God. It's so exciting. And I want to note to everyone, for those that are listening via podcast and not watching it on YouTube, Diana is um, dialing in, calling us in from Paris. So she's got an amazing backdrop behind her (laughs) of Paris. Um, So Diana and I have known each other for many years. Our families are close family friends, which uh, I'm so grateful to consider you a friend. And I have just admired your journey. I've loved watching what you've done in your career and your personal life and all of the courageous choices that you have made. So when you agreed to be on the podcast, I was just so overjoyed. Thank you. I feel honored to be on the podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course. I know that your story is going to be inspiring to so many on so many different levels. So for those that don't know Diana Sfera, tell us a little bit more about you, about your background, um, and what you'd like to share with the audience. Sure. So up until recently, um, I was born and raised living in in New York and Brooklyn, actually, the last eight years. And uh, as as we mentioned, we we definitely go way back. Um, My family is uh, first generation in in the U.S. from Eastern Europe. And so grew up very much in that sort of uh, European spirit. And... um, I work in communications and marketing as a creative strategist and actually a few years ago went and took a leap and went on my own. And so have sort of been uh, figuring out and exploring that journey. And uh, yeah, last year around this time, I packed up my uh, Brooklyn apartment that I had lived in for eight years and decided to take another leap and move to Paris. Oh my gosh. So let's start with the most recent, because I I think that you've mentioned that you've moved to Paris and grew up in New York. So tell us about the day or maybe what led up to your decision to decide that you were going to leave New York for temporarily or maybe for longer and to take the leap and to move out of the country and move to Paris of all places. Yeah. So 
Uh, I, I would say, fortunately for me, I've had a lot of opportunity to to travel uh, over the course of my life. I studied abroad in Florence, Italy, when I was uh, at Boston University, and that's when you know I really got bit by the bug. It, it was the <laughs> moment I decided I'm going to travel everywhere I can for the rest of my life, and I knew in my heart even then that there was something magical about being in Europe. And that I was I was meant to come back. It's how I grew up, and it just everything clicked and made sense. And it wasn't until I actually went on a trip with some girlfriends to the south of France uh, almost ten years ago. Um, we rented a car and we traveled all through the south, and we passed through Paris. And there was something about France specifically that just like spoke to my soul, mm. and. I basically have been living this French lifestyle, I think, my whole <laughs> life. I mean, people joke, like, you are more French than than some of us living here in Paris. Yeah. And so it wasn't until, like, 2019 when I came here by myself because I would visit my friend in, in London and I would always take the train here. And I met one friend. Um, it was the, the first friend I had in Paris. I always said, you always come here as a tourist. <laughs> I just want to meet that one friend and uh, lucky enough to meet my friend Maude. And when I met her, she said, you know, your soul is French. You, you need to move here. And it was during the pandemic. I kept kind of thinking about that. And, and one day I, I was sitting, obviously, we're all sitting alone and doing our, our different projects and thinking about things. And I made this vision board. And on this vision board, I had, you know, a picture of, of my little house somewhere in the countryside of France and, and an apartment in Paris. And as I sat working every day remotely, I would stare at this vision board. And finally I decided, you know, am I just going to keep looking at it or am I going to take the leap and actually go do this? And because of the silver lining of, in a way of COVID and the world having changed the way that we now work, I was able to actually fulfill this dream. Oh my gosh. Well, I believe in vision boards as well. And I love that you're really clear on what you wanted. And then you were able to kind of stare at it all the time and then decide <laughs> to make the change. Yes. So when you decided that you were going to do this and you were going to make the decision to move to Paris, um, were there things that you were considering that would be really difficult or roadblocks or things that made you hesitate to make the decision? And um, were there things that you thought would be easier that actually ended up being more complicated? Yeah. I mean, basically everything scared me and felt like a roadblock. <laughs> um, everything from, you know, what kind of visa do I even apply for? How do I get the visa? Who helps me with that? Where am I going to live? How do I find an apartment? I don't speak French. How the heck am I going to do this? <laughs> uh, I really had no idea what I was doing. And I just started, you know, doing my own research. And I I'm a true believer that when you want something in your life, suddenly the universe just opens these doors to you. Yeah. And sends you helpers. Mm -hmm. And I had a helper. She was a, a friend of mine. Her name's Jen. I call her my guardian angel. And actually, um, during COVID, I had never met her in my life, but she had done this. She's a, a makeup artist and she lives between Paris and New York and sort of wow. doing what I wanted to do. 
And she would get on the phone with me an hour at a time and tell me everything that I needed to do and how to do it and give me her advice. And so it, it was just leaning on people and, and doing the research that I was able to kind of figure out a roadmap for how to make this work. But then when you get here, it's still like uh, the reality <laughs> uh, you have to face is you kind of just have to hit the road bumps right. and things like I had no idea how hard it'd be to find an apartment. It took me five months to find oh a place gosh. to live. And I filled out so much paperwork. You would have thought I was adopting a child in France, but <laughs> it was really just to rent like a small studio apartment. Um, so I was living in hotels, Airbnbs, simultaneously applying for my visa and having to fly back to New York. I had two suitcases with me and thought I'd be going back much sooner to, to take care of my visa. So I just had like summer stuff and winter was coming. So now suddenly I had to sort of build and, and buy, you know, a coat and, and warm clothes. <laughs> and so it was definitely a journey um, to get here and, and get settled in, but it's, it's, you just kind of take it as it comes and you realize like everything is solvable and you're going to, you're going to get through the bumps. And if it's meant to be, those doors will continue to, to open and the barriers will start to move. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Um, Marie Forleo has, her book is called everything is figure outable. And she says that all the time. And I love it. Um, I found in my own experience that once you decide to make the leap, like you said, people suddenly come to help or things are opening up or there might be something you consider, you know, a lucky break or a coincidence. But uh, I think that it really starts with that first decision to make the leap often before you're ready. Like, oh, did you did you feel like you had maybe the next couple steps figured out, but there were still so many other things you still needed to figure out? Oh my God, no. I had no idea what I was doing. My parents would be like, do you know how to handle X, Y, and Z? I'm like, no, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that's that's part of the journey, right? It's like, mm -hmm. there are things that we can map out. There are things we can read about. You can ask people advice, but it, you just kind of have to get into it and then figure it out as you go. And the solutions, they always come. Right. So you're, you said you wanted to be there for a year. You're going to give a year a try. So how long have you been in Paris? Um, I'm happy to say it will be my one year anniversary next week. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. Thank you. It's wild. Um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've given it the year and uh, it's been honestly the most exhilarating year of my life not without challenges. It's, it's also been incredibly hard at times, but um, I feel like the journey is in a way has almost just begun. Mm. And so I'm going to continue on this path and, and see where it takes me next. Okay. So does that mean you're staying in Europe for a little longer? Uh, definitely renewing the visa for another year. Okay. All right. That's good to hear. <laughs> so Diana, what have you learned about yourself? So you moved, um, you're obviously very adventurous and independent and successful in life. So you moved by yourself to Paris. You had one friend, Maude, you finally found an apartment. 
you're working. Um, I know that you are, your work allowed you to, to make the move over to Paris, but what, um, what have you discovered about yourself? How have you grown in the past year and changed? Yeah, I guess I've discovered that I'm pretty resilient. And I think I always, I've always known that a little bit about myself, but I didn't realize how resilient I was. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I was talking with a friend um, who's also moved here um, from, from LA actually. And she said, you know, people think because it's Paris or you're moving to Paris, it's so cool, right? It's not hard because it's, it's cool. (laughs) But it's actually very hard to leave the life that you know and to go into a, to- a new country right. and start all over again without your network and your friends and you don't know how anything's going to work. You don't even know the language. And there were times I had to take a step back and be like, oh, this is, it's pretty amazing that you've done this. You know, even for myself, yeah. like I've surprised myself with sort of this step I took because it was always just this dream. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's happening, I I still sometimes can't believe it. Oh my gosh. Well, it is happening because I'm following your adventures on Instagram. (laughs) And um, so one of the things that I've seen in the past year, although always in your life, travel is such a huge part of your life. It's a passion of yours. So Talk to us a little bit about the way Europeans approach travel and what you've been able to do now that you live in Paris. Yeah. So I think what I've always loved about the European mentality is that they really appreciate not only their culture, but all cultures. And, you know, so many of the friends I have here are just very international. Um, a lot of them have actually lived in New York for, for some time doing work in New York and the U.S., um, many have, you know, come from Denmark. I have a friend from Denmark. I have a friend from Brazil, like friends from all over the place, but very much the mentality is that here, you know, you, you can, you can live in Paris and be in Paris, or you can go live in Portugal or yeah. over the next week, you can decide, Hey, I just want to go for one month only, you know, rent a place in Barcelona. So I think there's just something really exciting about that mentality. They're not so fixed. And there's always this desire to just be tapped into to other places and other cultures. And, you know, I think living here too, it's just, it's easy to get to places. I mean, I, I always joke, everything's like two hours from Paris. Every flight I book is two hours from Paris. Yeah. And so if you can find a flight for, for, you know, not that much and it's two hours away, you can be in a new country tomorrow. And there's just something so exciting about that way of living. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So tell us about some of the recent places that you've visited while you've been there. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, I was in Portugal last week meeting with some friends and uh, in, in Lisbon, it was uh, beautiful. And, uh, oh, I was uh, very fortunate enough. A friend of mine had um, his birthday in Marrakesh in Morocco, and I'd never been there before. So that just from a design standpoint and food and the colors and the culture, it just, it kind of blew my mind going to, to Morocco. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Mallorca, 
I have friends in London, so London's really easy to get to. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of just the the tip of the iceberg. I think, you know, there's so many other countries in Europe that I have not even been to yet. And it just feels super easy and accessible. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I love to see too, and I'm always reminded, you know, I've traveled and I always love to see the aesthetics of Europe and Paris and other places as well. But I'm reminded through your feed when I watch it that, um, you know, you'll walk into a store in Europe and it's beautiful. So talk to me a little bit about what it's like to have your senses like in Technicolor, everything, smells, sights, you know, the food. I mean, all of it, right? It's, yeah. it, it seems amazing. It's amazing. I mean, almost so much so that I, when I came here, I had a croissant maybe every day. And I said, okay, <laughs> there's a thing called uh, diet and health. And <laughs> I got to maybe not have the chocolate and the pastries every day. <laughs> I mean, it's just, especially in Paris, it's just, it's, everything is done so beautifully. Everything's so curated. Even the way people dress, there's this elegance and simplicity to, to the style here where they, they don't go overboard. It's just, everything's just beautifully done. Um, And I think what I love about Europe and, and France as well is, it's not always about new, new, new and, and fast fashion and, and new furniture. It really is. They, they respect antiques and beautiful paintings and, and vintage is huge here. So I'm kind of diving into and exploring um, this sort of new design sensibility being here. And it's something that I've always loved. So I just feel like a kid in a candy store being in Europe <laughs> because I'm surrounded by so many beautiful things. Absolutely. So we know the things you love about Europe. So you are a New York girl, of course, and Brooklyn. And so tell me about some of the things that you might miss uh, from back home. Ah, gosh. Well, I mean, I miss my family Mm -hmm. and my friends who I consider to be family members to me. Um, I'm very, very close with with my parents and my sister. Mm -hmm. And so it's been hard um, being away from from them, although they did come and visit recently, which was just amazing. <laughs> um, so I, I miss them, and and I think I miss the energy of New York sometimes. You know, New York can be crazy, as we know, but there's something about the New York sort of grit and attitude, and it's just so much a part of who I am. And actually, I try to carry that with me. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm having moments here where I'm feeling, I don't know, like a little bit disconnected from myself or feeling a little homesick. It's like, yeah, I, I remember the New York in me, you know, yeah. and <laughs> there's something special about that, that I'm, I'm living here, but at home is still such a big part of who I am. Absolutely. So you have such an adventurous spirit. You're independent. And I want you to take us a little bit back. So go back. Um, I know you went to school in Boston and you didn't always work for yourself and choose to live in another country. So tell us a little bit more about your earlier days. Did you follow a more traditional path initially? And how did you get to where you are today? I mean, even the way I found PR, uh, I I had no idea what I wanted to do when I went to <laughs> impressed by people who go to college and they're like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you want to do. Right. So 
I went to, to BU. It was a great school. And I, I felt this like tremendous pressure of like, what the heck am I going to pick and then do forever? Right. And a friend of mine said, you know what? You really love like planning events and telling stories. And I think you'd be good at PR. So you know what? Let's give that a shot. <laughs> PR. <laughs> I kind of haphazardly fell into yeah. PR. And, you know, I obviously I, I found uh, my passion in it. And uh, after college, I did, you know, went back to New York and applied and did all the internships while I was in yeah. school. And then I, out of out of school, got this, you know, great position at a top agency in New York, mm-hmm. which, you know, it changed my life because it gave me the skills I needed, and and yeah. and it was hard and it was fast paced, but it it really kind of set me up uh, for everything that I I needed to learn. And, uh, you know, and then you kind of just get in the path. You're, you're moving along and you're sort of following the, the journey that we're told, especially living in New York. It's like, you got to get the promotion. You got to get yeah. the, the bigger title. You've got to get more pay. You've got to get the bigger office. And so that, that sort of became the thing that I was obsessed with for so mm-hmm. long. My twenties was like, what's the title? What's the job? How do I get to the next level? Yeah. And then I got to a point and I think it was like, you know, maybe my early 30s where I'd been working all the time mm-hmm. and making other people very, very happy and very wealthy. <laughs> yeah. But I had hit a point where I just, I, I was at this super senior level and yet I didn't feel content. Mm-hmm. There was something that didn't feel right to me and it started to almost like suck the soul out of me after a while. And I was just kind of like going through the motions. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is I was working for the wrong things. Mm -hmm. I was working for a title. I was working for, but I wasn't doing the work for myself. Right. In a way that worked for me and made me happy. I was doing it for everybody else. And so that was sort of the, the wake up call for me. And it changed how I looked at and continue to look at my career and the thing that I choose to spend time doing with my life. Mm -hmm. Did you find yourself burned out? Yes. I Mm. was, I was very burnt out. I was, you know, working late hours and, and I think, and again, this is why I love Europe. Um, in New York, you, you're, required to work on the weekend. If you have to work the weekend, people can call you all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. And that's just the expected of you that no matter what you're doing, you could be at a family function. You could, and you just had to drop everything and, and do the job. Yeah. And if you didn't, it was like, you're a failure, you know, you're you're not living up to, to what you're supposed to be. And I just got tired of that. I got tired of feeling guilty all the time that I wasn't enough doing enough. Yeah. And I didn't know why I was doing it anymore. Right. And it, it actually took the joy away from the thing I love to do because I like the work and I like the people, but mm-hmm. I was missing the joy in all of that. Oh my gosh. I hear this so often and I experienced it myself. Um, so what did you notice about your health? Did you notice that this was starting to have an impact on right. you, not just mentally, but physically as well? Yeah, I, there was a point where I felt 
uh, like my, my skin, I kept having these breakouts on my skin and I kept going to the derm being like, I don't get it. I'm not doing anything different. Um, I just felt tired all the time. I just, I really did feel the burnout in my body. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel healthy and I didn't have time for things. I mean, I, I barely had time to, to go on dates or to meet friends or, you know, I, I wasn't able to travel as much as I wanted to. So I I just, I think it was at that point that I decided, okay, I'm going to change how I do this. Yeah. And so you did, you made the decision, right. To, uh, to go out on your own and were you scared at all? Oh, terrified. Mm. Yeah. Terrified. And you did it anyway. I did it anyway. And I'll tell you, I, I, I went out on my own. I I remember I had a conversation with my mom and she said, you know, you can do this for yourself. You just got to get one or two clients and and you're, you're off like that. Oh my gosh. That's it. I love that. I love that your mom said that. (laughs) She's amazing. So she was really the one that kind of like pushed me. I didn't, I was like, not even thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. I can do this for myself. So I got that client and then that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to give my, my leave at work and, um, and stay very, very close even with that agency and continue to consult for them. And I go off on my own. And a few weeks into it, the one client I have says, you know what? Can't really afford this. Ah. And they were gone. <laughs> mm. And I was suddenly like, oh my God, I just gave up my amazing role at my last, you know, this big role at my last agency. And now I've, I don't have a client, how am I going to pay my rent? So yeah, there were freak out moments, but what I have learned in that is a freaking out's not going to change the scenario. It's actually going to make it worse because then you're in a frantic state that if you just kind of like somehow remain calm, Mm -hmm. other opportunities will come. Yeah. And Actually, the opportunity that came through at that point was uh, an interior design opportunity. And it's something oh I always wanted to try. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had actually just finished a meditation <laughs> sitting on a bench <laughs> in, in, in Brooklyn. And a friend of mine, as I opened my eyes, she had texted me and said, I know this is random, but um, there's an architect who needs help decorating an apartment in Manhattan. And I recommended you. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I started doing that and I felt the joy come back. And as I was doing that, other opportunities started to come and then other opportunities because it was just like in this new flow state. Oh my God. In flow, your energy was probably really high and you were saying yes to opportunities that were presenting themselves. So what did it feel like to work for yourself, to start doing things that maybe you hadn't considered to get new clients on? Like, what does that feel like? Is it freedom? Is it peace? Like what, what did it feel like to you? To me, it mostly felt like freedom. It was, it was exciting and exhilarating for me to, to design the way in which I wanted to work. Even it was just free freeing. And this was pre COVID to go sit at my favorite coffee shop and do work. Or yeah. to, you know, sit in a park and work on, you know, work on my my projects or whatever. So I think even that alone, like the fact that I could choose where I wanted to work and I didn't have to commute every day and do all those things, that was so yeah. freeing. 
And then, you know, there are other things that you have to be mindful of that can also be scary. Like I didn't realize that there are some periods where you're not going to get work as easily because it's the holidays or right. it's summer and nobody's working. Right. And wow. Okay. So that means I have to go harder in the fall so that I'm, I have this cushion if, you know, God forbid the holidays come and, and there's no work. So it, the good and the bad, I mean, there's, there's ups and downs with everything, but mostly I felt really, really happy during that time. Oh my God. Wonderful. And so after you did that and you took a big chance on yourself, do you feel like that was the beginning of more, um, more opportunities to start challenging maybe the status quo or challenging assumptions about what life should look like on other people's terms? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the start of yeah, challenging what you think you should be doing. And how it's doing it, the shoulds, right? Like, and even though, uh, you know, sometime after that, I did end up during the pandemic going back full time for a company I had worked for before. Um, I felt like I was going into it because I wanted to go back into it. Mm -hmm. And when I was in it, I felt like I was doing it for myself. Yeah, and so it it changed how I look at any opportunity that comes up now. And I just ask myself, do I like this, this work? Do I like the people I'm doing it with? Does it feel good? And do I like how I'm doing it? And if I feel good about all three of those things, then that feels right to me. So what are you most passionate about in terms of what you're able to do in your career? Uh, God, I, you know, I'm just, I'm really passionate about staying in a very creative space. I think as you get higher and higher, you kind of learn what you like and what you don't like. And what mm-hmm. I realized I didn't love as much when I got to the top, especially of these bigger agencies, is all the bureaucracy and, you know, all the things you have to do within the company, but was taking you further away from from the work. Yeah. And so I realized, A, I wanted to be more of a specialist and really focus in on on creative strategy, which is what I do for brands. And B, I always want to stay connected to the work. I don't want to feel like I'm just kind of managing logistics or paperwork or, you know, I I really want to be hands-on and feeling always like I'm in some state of creation. Mm. I remember um, when I left my job and I was starting to build my business and I called you or I texted you. I'm like, Hey, do you have time to chat with me? Uh, I know you work on brands and I know I'm not your ideal client, but you know, can you talk to me for a couple minutes and give me some advice? And you were so gracious and you spent so much time talking to me, asking me questions. It really made me think about who I am, what my brand is, and then even providing some like a template and tools that you share with your clients. So I want to thank you for that. But just to say, I loved walking through that experience with you. And I could tell that you are so good at what you do. Thank you. Well, I'm glad it helped. And I mean, look, I know. Two years later, we're doing this podcast together. So yeah, three and a half, actually. Three and a half. You, oh my yes, God. three and a half. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, 
So the title of this podcast is Live the Width of Your Life. And yep. it's from a Diane Ackerman quote. And um, it's something that I try to do for myself is to live the width and not just the length. But what does that mean to you? And how do you live the width of your own life? Yeah. So I think what that means for me is I think consistently taking a, a moment to sort of ask myself, is what I'm doing at this time like actually bringing joy into my life? And what I mean about that is there are things we end up doing, myself included, where you just kind of get in it and you're, you're kind of just going through the motions and you don't feel like it's necessarily bringing you joy. You think it should be, right? Because it's like the cool thing to do. Or sometimes I even find myself in a, a scenario with like, oh, this is the cool crowd you should be with. And then you're like, I, I don't like this feeling at all. Yeah. Why, why am I here? You know? Yeah. And I think it's like, that's, that's living the width of your life is to really be honest with yourself about what makes you happy. And I think it's different for everybody. Like for my friend, happiness is, you know, being at home with her kids and, and doing stuff with her kids. And, and for other people, it's like, you know, cooking or whatever it is. It's just, I think it's so easy to, to put yourself in a position or get lost in the things that we think are, are, are cool and, right. and look like happiness to other people, but mm -hmm. aren't really feeding your own happiness. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's like a lesson I've learned is like, even if it, it means I'm, you know, seem dorky to people, this is what makes me happy. <laughs> I'm going to do it. So I think that's, that's the true, for me, at least the meaning of living the, the full width of your life. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Diana. I love that. And I love the idea of looking inward, going back to what is most important to you and then claiming that as your own for your life. So thank you for spending time with us today. How can we best support you? And where can people follow you just so they see your adventures as well? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> well, most of my adventures play out on, on Instagram. So my handle at Lady Spera. Um, and, uh, you know, there's potentially some, some new things on the horizon. So hopefully I'll, I'll relay that through, through my social feed and maybe, uh, potentially start a new one at some point. So more Fantastic. to come. Yeah. I'll include that in the show notes. And if you're watching or listening and you like today's episode, please rate it, share it with friends who will find the story inspirational and subscribe so that you're notified every time there's a new episode. Thank you so much for joining me, Diana, and continued success to you. Thank you so much.